You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Dave, how are you doing today? Not bad, Nick. How are you? Fantastic. Beautiful fall day here in Michigan. I'm seeing the sun for the first time in days, just in the last hour. It's peeking through for survival. (laughs) It's been a minute for the sun here in Lansing, too. So speaking of uh, been a minute, it's been a minute since uh, the market hasn't been uh, (laughs) (laughs) hasn't been down. So nice segue. Yeah, you like that? Cued right up to our topic today, which is five things that you can do during a down market. Right. Yeah. So we talked pretty extensively on our last episode about why we don't like market timing, right? And which is which is everybody's gut instinct when the markets get ugly is we're going to pull out and we're going to wait for a better time to get back in. And I think we've I think we've flogged that one as as well as we can for right now. So check out that that episode. It's probably the one right before this one if you're you're looking at our podcast listings. I believe so. That doesn't mean we don't want to be proactive in a market like this, right? Absolutely. It's not a not an extensive list, and it certainly isn't going to qualify, be applicable to everyone. But uh, here's what we like to look to do in a volatile, negative market. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd preface that too, Dave, with this idea that these are things that you can probably be doing in in to some degree in any market, but so it's not necessarily just because the market's down, you should be doing all these things right now. These are things that would work. I mean, some of them would work in any market or any, as in in any financial plan. And so not to say that this is the bottom or you should be doing these, but it's just, you know, it comes to mind a little bit more if you want to be proactive in a down market. Right. Um, a, lot of, a lot of times the best thing to do is to do nothing, but there are a couple of things that you could consider that conceivably, given where the market's at, might be better. Um, only time will tell. Um, right. Just kind of want to preface that with, a, yes, this is somewhat of market timing, but also these are things you could probably be doing anyways. So, so the first one is, you know, if you're in a position to increase your savings rates and to add to your investments, there's no time like the present, really, right? Absolutely. And again, that's one of those things that, you know, you're not going to find very many financial planners or advisors that tell you not to increase your savings. <laughs> Although yeah. I will argue that at some point, you know, enough is enough. You shouldn't be saving, you know, 50% right. of your income. Right. But, uh, you know, if you want to do something to make yourself feel better about the state of the markets right now, it may, and we actually did a podcast on this a few weeks ago too, but, and it's not going to feel good right now, but it will pay off later. And at least you can, you're taking some action, right? You're doing something positive for your future at a time when you feel kind of helpless, I think is a good, good way to put it really. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, other things being equal, looking at, okay, we're going to increase our savings right now, as opposed to the beginning of the year, we're getting more, you're, you're able to purchase more shares for the same dollar amount now than you were at the beginning of the year. Should I share my own version of market timing as it applies to this? <laughs> Let's do it. So, so every month I add, I add automatically to my retirement accounts, right? So those go in on, on our, when we get paid 
and I don't think about it. It has nothing to do with what the markets are doing. My wife's the same way. Twice a month, she has money added to her 401k, right? But once a month, I add money to my after-tax investment account. And it's the same amount every month. But what I, the game I play, and this is a psychological thing to try to make myself feel better, because obviously you and I, there's no way for us to escape a bad market day, right? We feel pretty lousy regardless of all everything we preach and everything we tell people. It's hard to escape those negative emotions. But what I do <laughs> is try to throw my monthly contribution to my after-tax account in on what I feel is the worst day of the month. Right. So, so, and I hardly ever get it right too, but it's my way of psychologically dealing with the reason I'm telling this story is it's a proactive thing that I do to feel better about the state of the markets that, well, at least I'm throwing more money in on a day that, uh, that I think is really lousy. Yeah, that's super, super interesting. couple things to unpack there, Dave. One is I, f- I feel like we need a study of uh, going back to see it, you know, how right you were versus how wrong you were. But secondarily, I think, you know, and we touched on it in the Market Timing Podcast, a lot of times it's a psychological thing. So anything you mm-hmm. can do to make yourself feel better about a down market, right. Right. whether or not you're right or whether or not just putting it in the first of the month would have been better. Who, you know, who knows yeah. and, and, yeah. and who, ultimately who really cares. But if you're anything that you can do to feel better about a market being down, as in my opinion, a good thing. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, it, it's a, it compared to what goes into my retirement account, it's not a significant amount. So it's, I'm not really market timing from my point of view. But, uh, but yeah, that's, you know, so, so a couple of things there, if you're able to do this, and, but, you, you know, if you're not feeling good enough about the markets, dollar cost average, come up with that monthly amount that you can add without missing it and either increase your 401k withholdings or add it to an after-tax investment account. But, but you know, spread it out over time. Don't try to be all in all at once. Yeah, it's the, the age-old adage of uh, buy low and sell high and, um, you know, kind of figure out what works for you and set it on autopilot is almost always the best way. And, and what I like about your example too is, well, and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right on this, but my guess is you didn't take months off because you were waiting for a better time to get in. No, right? no, <laughs> it, it's every month. One thing I do though, and is like right now, I feel that the market is bad and will be better later. So I've actually reallocated my personal money a little bit. So that I'm actually putting a little more in over the last six months than I was a year ago. Over time, I'll probably reduce it back to what it was. But I kind of feel like it's more important for me personally to throw that money in the market right now towards long-term goals. Or there's more opportunity there. And so maybe some things like intermediate-term goals, like saving for some project that we're going to do, I can catch up on that later. But right now, I feel like a better use of my excess cash flow is to go ahead and commit that to those longer-term goals. So, you know, we always talk about flexibility and this isn't, that isn't something I would necessarily push to a client unless they were asking for that kind of opportunity. But, you know, just to kind of underscore the point, this is an opportunity in a down market. So I may be reducing those contributions down the road, but for right now, that seems to me the best use of my little bit of extra I have every month. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's just one of those things that you can do not only to make yourself feel better, but and and I think the big thing to remember too is you're not trying to like wait for the exact bottom. Quite easily the market could get a lot worse than what it is right now, you know. We could we could see another 10, 15, 20% drop and we're not we're not waiting for that. Uh, we're not hoping for that. Um, but that's one of those things where it is, you know, we we can't outrun the fact that it's down 20% right now. And it's a good mm-hmm. opportunity if you have the wherewithal to do that. It makes sense as a part of your plan. So the second thing you can look to do if you have an after-tax investment account is actually sell investments that are at a loss and swap them into other investments and use that loss to offset income. So you're, you're allowed to offset up to $3,000 a year of your income on your taxes with losses that you've harvested from your investment account. And if you take more than $3,000, you can carry those over into the future indefinitely and use $3,000 a year. The key here is swapping into things that keep your, you know, we're not talking about getting out of the market here. We're talking about moving, you know, maybe from one stock fund to a different stock fund, staying invested, but capturing those losses. You do have to make sure that that fund you move to is substantially different from the IRS's point of view. But, you know, those losses become a tax asset then. And and I think a couple of things to think about here. One is, and this is kind of an industry saying, but don't let the uh, tax tail wave the dog, right? And so... You don't, what you don't want to do is get yourself into a situation where you're moving from a really solid investment to a not so solid investment just because you want to take those tax losses. Right. So you've got to be careful about what you're choosing to switch to. And also, like you said, this isn't a, hey, let's sell everything in the down and put it in cash and wait to get back in when the time's right. right. Because we've, as we've talked about, that's not a winning mentality of the long term. Um, but also, and I think too, is, you know, it really does take some careful consideration and more than likely a conversation with your CPA or tax professional around, does this not only make sense today, but also what are the future ramifications yes. of this 5, 10, 15 years down the road, right? Right. Because, you know, without getting too in depth in how capital gains work, if you're Taking that loss now and buying something different, eventually that means you're going to have more gain on on the new investment when you sell it. And it may make more sense to just defer those gains further out than to realize losses now. And um, so, again, you know, it's a planning thing, but that's that's something you can look at. Kind of going with that point, point number three is using capital losses to offset gains on other investments that you want to replace. Yeah. So, you know, if you have some gains from some, some things you've done um, earlier this year, right? So it's harder to find those gains right now. But if you did some things earlier in the year, you might have some gains that you're looking to offset. Well, a more common scenario is, you know, we've got clients in taxable accounts where maybe they came to us with some investments that they had for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes decades. And right. so, you know, they've got significant tax liabilities if they sell those investments, but those investments may not be ideal for the portfolio. So again, right. back to not letting the, the tax uh, tail wag the investment dog, you really need to have an investment reason for this. But often we're kind of compromising, right? Client right. comes in with, say, 
a chunk of stock that they've had for years. We've talked in the past about how we would much rather have that in a diversified mutual fund rather than an individual stock. But if that stock's got a lot of gains, we may be um, compromising and keeping a portion of it rather than taking that whole tax hit at once. Well, you know, if somebody's got uh, a $5,000 gain in a stock they've had for years, now, first of all, that $5,000 was probably $8,000 at the beginning of this year, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a lower uh, tax cost that we have to offset. But, um, you know, if we can swap one of their other funds into something you know, that makes sense to improve the portfolio. And it allows us to then realize some gain by selling a portion of that stock too. We've improved the portfolio and diversified their holdings. Again, using the down market to lower the tax cost of making a change we want to make anyway. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, if you think about it, because the market has been so strong for the past, you know, seven, eight years, we really haven't had a lot of opportunities to be able to take gains and harvest losses to offset those. And so it's kind of a unique opportunity to be able to get some of that stuff done that we haven't necessarily been able to without a big tax bill in the past. Item number two, you know, using losses to offset income and item number three, using losses to offset gains, they kind of go together, obviously. And they should be part of the same conversation because there's times when it may make sense to offset income, depending on your tax situation. And there's times when it may make sense to offset gains with those losses. Mm -hmm. So that should be part of a conversation involving your tax advisor and or your financial planner to kind of figure out what makes sense for you in the long run. But, you know, there's some options there and they're both valuable. Next on our list, Dave, is um, something that we've been uh, reviewing with a lot of our clients right now and looking for opportunities, but that is the uh, Roth conversion. Want to talk a little bit about what that looks like? Just, you know, broad strokes, a Roth conversion means taking a traditional IRA retirement account that's pre-tax, paying tax on it now or a portion of it to convert it into a Roth IRA, which will then grow tax-free if you follow all the rules. We've mm-hmm. got other material on all those rules. But if that if that makes sense for you, so a lot of times we're coming up with a budget number, right? A tax budget number, looking at clients' tax situation for the year and saying, okay, we can convert, pick a number, $20,000 of your IRA this year before you jump into a high tax bracket. Yep. And that $20,000 stays the same regardless of what the market is, right? But if we take that money out of an IRA now while the market's down, spend the same tax budget that you, you know, converting $20,000 at 22% or whatever it works out for the client, move that same dollar amount into the Roth IRA and then have it the market recover after that move we've leveraged that $20,000 and converted a higher percentage of their overall portfolio that way. If you think of it, it's kind of like, we'd rather have those gains in your Roth IRA that you're never going to pay taxes on than in your traditional IRA that you will. (laughs) It's funny because when we talk to clients, I guess maybe we've done part of our job too. Well, they're like, oh no, we we probably don't want to move anything right now, right? Because they're waiting for getting out of the market. It's like, no, we're going to move apples to apples, right? We're going to go out of the market in one account and into the market in another account. 
the overall portfolio generally stays the same. Sometimes we vary what we put in the Roth, depending on how they're going to use it. But generally, it's not more, it's not less risky. It's actually usually more risky because it's longer term. So we're usually going apples to apples or actually being more invested in the Roth. So yeah, we're just leveraging that that same tax cost into a bigger part of the puzzle down the road, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I will um, kind of let our listeners, you know, just a, a point of caution. This is a strategy that can work for you, but one, you know, it works way better if you can pay the taxes outside of the actual IRAs. Um, so something to think about if you're if you're thinking about this strategy. Definitely, if you can, you want to pay those taxes, those, those ta- taxes to convert right. from money outside of your IRA. That just makes it work a lot better. There's a lot less of a, of a gain for you if you're paying those with dollars from your IRA. To, to emphasize that point and tie it into the, the point on capital gains and losses, it's got to be part of an overall strategy. Um, right. I would hate to see... People try to calculate all that out on their own. I know I do know people that I that are not in the industry that can do it, but the general advice is to have a tax planner sign off on it, make sure you're not missing anything, have a financial planner help you figure out if it makes sense. So our last kind of uh, number five on our things to do in down market, Dave, is rebalance. And this is an interesting one in this particular down market because we've got both stocks and bonds down together. But in general, when the markets are down, you want to rebalance frequently, or you know, we, we do it quarterly in our managed accounts, which means moving money from funds in your portfolio that are higher than their target averages or target allocations and buying those that are lower. So if you, if you think about, you know, a, it's easiest if we just think about two assets, right? So you've got a stock fund and a bond fund, and each one is supposed to be 50% of the account. The stock market goes down. So now that that's only 45% instead of 50%, we're going to sell 5% out of the bond fund and buy 5% in the stock fund and bring those back into alignment, which is good for two things. It manages risk, right? Right. Yep. And also, you know, the old discipline, you want to sell high and buy low, right? So we're selling the fund that is relatively high and buying the fund that is relatively low. So we're Mm -hmm. forcing that discipline on ourselves so that when the markets swing back the other way, you don't just see, oh, my stock fund's up, now it's down. My bond fund's up, now it's down. No, we're going to take those gains and we're going to move them to the other side of the teeter-totter. Yep. So, so normally, you know, that's a great strategy in a bear market because usually the stock market's going down and the bond market's going up. And so you're essentially saying, let's take some of our bond money and buy some stocks when they're cheap, right? Not so simple this time, right now at least, because both the stock market and the bond market are down, the stock market more than the bond market, but your percentages in terms of your allocation may not be as out of whack as usual. Yeah. You know? Um, there's probably still some rebalancing to be done, but it's not as big a deal. And, you know, we've got the same conversation in the bond market as we do in the stock market, right? It's lower and we don't want to sell low. We want to, you know, sell high. So Mm -hmm. you do want to rebalance from a risk standpoint, but here's the other thing on the way back up, it's not likely that they're going to move in lockstep the way they have on the way down. Either 
the economy is going to be okay, you know, and the stock market damage has been done and it's going to start to rise. And then, you know, there's rebalancing that way back into, you know, the bonds, if you've got a bond allocation or the Fed's going to have to take their foot off the interest rate pedal, brake pedal and lower things again. And that will stimulate the bond market. I think there's going to be more rebalancing opportunities as things improve than maybe there have been on the way down. Yeah, it's definitely interesting, you know, and I know we talked about this before, we haven't had a whole lot of market history behind the stock market and the bond market being kind of at the levels they are right now as far as how far down they are in unison. Um, Another thing to think about when it comes to this rebalance as well is, and we've had this with a couple of, of newer clients, you know, if you're in a position where you're maybe taking more risk than you should, getting close to retirement, thinking about taking a little bit less risk as it relates to your investments for you know probably several different reasons. One is the timing of when you're going to retire and use those funds and, and what your risk tolerance is. Normally, it's one of those times where if the stock market's down 20%, we don't necessarily want to do that. Um, but because the stock, stocks and bonds are down at the same time, it does bring up an interesting situation as far as the risk that you're taking and potentially decreasing risk in a down market. Well, when uh, the market hands you lemons, you make lemonade the best you can, right? That's right. Yeah. So uh, I think with that, Dave, I, um, you know, hopefully the next time we get together, the market's doing a little bit better. Um, But if not, we've at least provided um, hopefully some things that you could think about being proactive and um, taking a look at as it relates to um, getting through a down what has been a down and and challenging market so far in 2022. And as always, uh, if you have questions, feel free to shoot us an email at info at srbadvisors.com. Or if there's a topic you'd like us to cover, or maybe uh, some uh, tips that you might have during a down market, feel free to uh, shoot them out to us. Great. And as always, Dave, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. Talk to you later. Gather round and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.